Welcome to That's What He Said, a respectfully irreverent podcast from the anxious, enthusiastic mind of full-time writer and part-time influencer, me, Emma Golden Miller. As a self-proclaimed open book, I started my blog, emmasthing.com, in 2010 so I could share my every random thought, story, and opinion about life with total strangers. But the blogosphere has changed over the years, so now I share all those thoughts, stories, and opinions on this podcast. Every week, you'll hear about what the hell I've been doing, stuff I'm enjoying, and deep thoughts on every topic under the sun, from relationships and career to health, fitness, fashion, and beyond. So let's fucking go. Hello, listener, and welcome back to That's What He Said with me, Emma's Thing. I'm coming to you today from my office where I always come to you from. It's at the front of my house overlooking our uh, very uh, un unassuming street. Like you would think that not a lot happens out on our street, but there is a lot of activity. And one of my favorite things about getting to work from home and sitting up here all day long is all of the random stuff that I see, the people who pass by, the dogs who pass by with those people, and reporting all of it to Zach, my husband. Anyway, welcome to the show. Today's episode is going to be a little different. And I say that because I'm going to tell you what I did over the weekend and what I've been up to and obviously talk about things that I'm reading, watching, and listening to. But I'm also going to talk about the future of the show as we know it and all of my thoughts about podcasting and kind of where I'm at so I can have an open dialogue with you guys about what's going on in my brain because uh, this feels like a safe space and I can do that. So here we go. Let's talk about what the hell I've been doing the last week. Last week was if I, if I can say, if I can be so bold, one of the best weeks ever. It just felt so good. All of the vibes were right. All of the happiness and joy was there. It has felt like the most uplifting, normal, positive week since I had my very early miscarriage at the beginning of the month. I felt really, really strong in my body. And as someone who works out in some way shape or form nearly every day that was a really exciting feeling I started like getting back into running intervals last week which I can't even tell you the last time that I did that I went through a phase where I did the whole couch to 5k thing and I even ran one time for 20 minutes straight which is fucking crazy for me I'm just I'm not a runner I never have been but as they say on Peloton if you're in a running class and you're physically running you can call yourself a runner but anyway I just felt really, really, really good in my body last week. And also last week, Zach treated me and my parents to incredible seats at the Rangers baseball game. Rangers is the name of our local team, Texas Rangers. Local? I don't know. Whatever you guys want to be saying. Go sports. Um, And Zach like really splurged on these tickets and when he told me how much they each cost, I was like, are you fucking high? Like, we can't afford that. What are you doing? And he's like, no, I just want to make this really special. Like, we don't ever go to sporting events like this and sit in as good of a seats as this. And your parents are coming. And I just want to make it like really awesome. 
So upon arriving, not only were our seats super badass, they were pretty much like right behind home plate, kind of to the right of it or left, depending on which way you're looking and standing. But it also gave us access to this club down below where all of our drinks and food were included in the ticket price. So then the ticket price made a lot more sense to me. But I wish that someone could have recorded our faces when the man who was like giving us wristbands was explaining to us, literally, once you enter this club, do not pull out your wallet. You're not spending one dime. Every single piece of food and every single drink, including booze, like all all in any of the alcohol that you could want, it's all free because you paid for it already. And Zach didn't know that when he got these tickets. And so all of us were like, what? I mean, my family gets overwhelmed really easily. And we also get very excited easily. And so we just didn't even know what to do with ourselves. And I wish that I had kind of like been mentally prepared for that because, you know, I'm trying to quote unquote, be good during the week and limit my alcohol intake where I can. Um, So if I had known, I probably would have planned out my day a little differently so I could have like really indulged. But honestly, the best fucking thing that I had at the ball game from this club were these homemade Snickers. They were the most insane fucking dessert. Like I wish that I could just somehow transfer the taste of them into each of y'all's mouths through this podcast. You know, I like Snickers. They're fine. Um, it's it's definitely not a candy bar that I reach for. It's not a go-to for me by any means. But these homemade ones, they they were, you know, thinner and flatter. And they were so fresh that like the second you took them away from how they were being refrigerated, they started to melt. And while we were at the game, I literally Googled uh, homemade Snicker bar- Snickers bars, um, and I will be making those this summer. They were just, holy crap, like the freshest nougat, the freshest caramel sauce, peanuts, chocolate. Oh, they were so delicious. And the game was really fun. Like, you know, I'm not a big sports gal. I pay attention to them because Zach is a big sports guy. Baseball, especially though, I could give a shit about. And I never been to a baseball game where I'm like, this is great. I want to stay until the very end. But that's how this game was like with our seats, with all the free food and booze, with the company. I just had such a wonderful time in the new um, ballpark stadium that is in uh, Arlington, which is right outside of Dallas, is pretty damn impressive. So that was the baseball game. And then on Thursday of last week, my dear friend, Amy Jackson, who runs the blog Fashion Jackson, was in town for um, just like a couple of different things. She used to live here. She lived here for a really long time and she moved away, but she comes back a lot for business and for pleasure. And so me and Whitney met up with her for a ladies who lunch afternoon at this really delicious place called Honor Bar. And I had an incredible salad there that involved goat cheese and dates and roasted chicken and tomatoes and avocado and crude. Oh my God, it was so good. Like I, I'm going to remake that salad soon. Um, it was just so phenomenal. And we hung out and Whitney had to leave and get back to her baby. But Amy and I kind of like walked around Highland Park Village and 
spent some more time together and introduced each other to different makeup and skincare things at this one beauty store. And um, that was really, really fun. I like hardly get time like that with her, obviously, because she doesn't live here. Um, And then I dropped her off to the airport. And then from there, I did something pretty fucking crazy for me. Um, I met up with two followers who had come to my meetup event um, back in April. And You know, I had to talk to so many people while I was there. And so I didn't like really get a lot of good FaceTime with uh, everyone. But these two girls, I just had a really nice flow with them. And the vibe was really awesome between us. And I clearly wasn't the only one who felt it because when um, the meetup was over, I think like the next day they group messaged me on Instagram and they were like, we don't know if you would ever do this and like maybe it's really weird but we really would like to be like actual friends with you and maybe we could get drinks sometime and in full transparency that is something that I would typically say no to like it's very hard to make friends as an adult I'm very much in like a no new friends kind of era at this point in my life but I just loved that they reached out and I really enjoyed talking to them. And so I said, okay. And so I met up with these girls last Thursday at um, Trova Wine Bar, which is in Preston Center. And we each had a couple of glasses during the happy hour. And it was so fun. Like, it was so lovely. These two girls have been best friends for a really long time, like since definitely since they were teenagers, maybe before that, I'm not hundred percent sure. And they're just really cool girls and interesting. And we had a lot to talk about, a lot to go over and we've already made plans to hang out again. So that was really fun. And I'm glad that I said yes and put myself out there, so to speak. And then it was the weekend and I'm looking at my pictures right now, trying to figure out, oh, Friday. Okay. So Friday, my aunt wanted to meet up with my mom and I to go to this place in Dallas that does like the permanent jewelry. And my mom and I didn't want anything, but we went to support my aunt. And then we all went to the mall afterward. And I ended up having this like big afternoon at the mall on Friday. That was not my plan. I was in full workout gear. Like I was like, okay, I'll go do this thing with my aunt, my mom, and then I'll work out and whatever. But uh, my workload wasn't really anything on Friday. And so I could afford to spend the afternoon at the mall. And that's exactly what I did. My mom and my aunt were around for my Madewell shop and my Madewell try on, which if you are a paying newsletter subscriber, I recorded a try on video of all the things I got from Madewell. And that went out on Monday. Um very worth it for that kind of content, I think, anyway. But Madewell is having a 30% off sale through May 30th as I record this. And it's a, I mean, 30% is no joke. Like, that's you're saving some serious money there. And they have a lot of fucking cute stuff right now. So I kind of cleaned up at Madewell. And then I just like, they left, they went back home, and I stayed at the mall and kind of just perused around for a couple more hours. And I ended up in Maria Tash which is a jewelry store. And I feel like, don't quote me on this, but I feel like Maria Tash was like the OG of cool 
diamond forward stud earrings and was kind of at the forefront of the whole like multiple piercing trend when that kind of started back in like 2017, 2018. And, you know, girls were just getting so many ear piercings all up and down their ear. And Maria Tash, it's all real diamonds. It's all real metal. And so it's very, very high quality stuff. And I didn't realize that they had opened a brick and mortar store um, here in Dallas. And I literally rounded the corner at the mall and Lululemon was on the right and Maria Tash was on the left. And I was like, do I want to go into Lululemon and like see if I can buy like one something or do I want to go to Maria Tash? And my friends and I have been talking about like all of us want to get like another piercing, but Whitney can't do it until she's done breastfeeding. And I don't know. I this is where the impulsivity with being an Aries comes into play. And it's very funny because I saw something recently that basically said that one of the main reasons that Aries tends to make impulsive decisions is to feel alive and like act in the moment and get that rush of adrenaline and feel alive. And I've never thought of it like that, but that explains a lot of my impulsivity to a T. Like, I don't know. It's like I got this one tattoo and I'm already like, oh, I kind of want another and like it hurts, but like it kind of hurts in a good way. And, you know, getting like tattooed and getting pierced, it's like this jarring kind of uncomfortable pain that's lasts for no time and then it's over. But in that moment, it does kind of like jolt me awake and make me feel alive. So I've been wanting to try to get one more cool piercing. If you have been (laughs) following me or listening to the podcast for a long time, since I basically like resurrected it last year, you know that I, I have very bad luck with ear piercings that aren't on my main lobe. I have tried to get cartilage piercings. I tried a conch piercing and none of them would heal properly. And I had to end up taking all of my cool, unique piercings out and just sticking with my low piercings, which is not a bad thing. It doesn't make me lame. It's just that like, I so admire when I see a cool girl with like tons of different blingy piercings on all parts of her ear. And I want to be one of those cool girls. I want to have that cool piercing. So it's been in my head that maybe, just maybe, I could get my tragus pierced. And my tragus, your tragus, everyone's tragus, is the part of your ear that's not on the main ear. It's like connected to your cheek. Um, It's like that little knob of cartilage right there. And I just, anyway, the point is, is that I thought to myself, surely Maria Tash doesn't actually do piercings here at the mall and it's just a place to go shop. And even if they do piercings here, they require an appointment. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go look. Maybe I'll find like a really pretty cute stud that I want to buy for myself. And I walked in and I started talking to this woman behind the counter and I asked her, do y'all do piercings here? And she looked at me like I was... (laughs) 
fucking stupid in a sweet way and was like, yeah, of course. And then I came to realize that it's like an entire piercing studio in the back. There's like six to eight rooms and you definitely didn't need an appointment. So I was the neurotic anxious customer who stood there talking about all of my bad luck with these other piercings and having them like go over what it's like to get your tragus pierced and reassuring me. And I made them repeat their like aftercare method a thousand times. And, and I, and I went for it and I fucking went for it. And I told my best friends that I wanted to wait for all of us to go get one together. But at the same time, you know, Zach and I are gonna, start trying again, uh, you know, later in the summer. And I would rather just like get my piercing now than wait. And I just want it before I hopefully, I don't even want to say it. I just don't even want to say it. But anyway, I just wanted to get the piercing. So I got it and, um, it's doing pretty good. Um, I will say that, I usually sleep on my right side. So that's why I got this piercing in my left. And I thought that I was going to be able to have more control over not flipping around in my sleep. I'm not an aggressive sleeper. I pretty much stay in one position, but I do switch from side to side. And obviously I'm asleep. So there's only so much that you can control. And this new piercing was doing really well up until today on on Wednesday when I'm recording this. I woke up this morning. It was super swollen, really tender. I could see that there was like some buildup and I, I mean, like I said, I've been trying really hard to not sleep on it, but I've been having really restless sleep ever since I got it on Friday because when I flip sides, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to check and I'm like, oh fuck and realize I'm sleeping on it. So sleeping on it combined with Zach and I went in for a hug yesterday and his shoulder like hit it perfectly it's irritated. And so I freaked out and I like immediately got in my car this morning and drove to Maria Tash and the same guy who pierced me, his name is Andy. He was there and I showed him and he's like, okay, yeah. He was like, this isn't like horrible. Like on a scale of one to 10, it's not like even close to a 10, but I'm going to give you a little bit longer of a post, not too long, but just a little bit longer. So it does help if you continue to swell and all of that. And you know, he was like, listen, you're doing the best you can. You're cleaning it. Like you can't really avoid sleeping on it that much. But I did get a special piercing pillow for my last piercing incident. And I haven't been using it like a fucking dumbass because I thought that I would be able to control my sleeping more or something. I don't know. Anyway, I got a longer post and immediately felt better. Like it feels like night and day right now. And I'm going to be sleeping with that piercing pillow religiously because I am fucking determined to make this piercing work. It's so cool. I don't want to get rid of it. I just, I just want it to work. Um, and then on Friday night, we were very low key. Zach brought home delicious tacos from this place called Revolver Taco. And we just watched TV and hung out and it was lovely. And then Saturday we had literally the most perfect day ever. Like in terms of weekend days, it was truly a hallmark day for us personally. So we woke up, 
we went on a walk with the dogs to get coffee. So we got that out of the way. We got back home. I decided last minute that I was going to do the Jess Sims Saturday 60 workout at 11. I did that. I basically died and came back to life. It was so fucking hard. Oh my God. Um, and Zach kind of like, oh, you know what Zach did? I was going to say he messed around in, in the yard, which is true, but um, also he realized that the lawnmower was fucked up. And so he spent pretty much all morning trying to fix it. And then we, when I was done working out, we took a break. We went to the Old Monk, which is my favorite pub in Dallas. We got lunch. We brought Cece. She got to have some French fries. It was perfect weather. We had a couple drinks it was, oh my God, it's just like the perfect Saturday lunch. Then we came home and um, Zach finished working on the lawnmower while I finished reading my book outside under the pergola, UTP. That's the acronym I'm using for it. Um, and he fucking fixed the lawnmower, you guys. I mean, my God, this man, he is so handy. And I don't even think he realized how handy he was. Like, I think he surprises himself constantly, but he was able to figure out what the fuck was wrong with the lawnmower and like completely take it apart and get like a new like cat calibrator or something. I don't even know how the fuck to say it, but he fixed it. He fucking fixed it. It felt like such like a 90s movie because I was like sitting out there reading a book and he turns the lawnmower on and it takes a couple tries and then it's running and we're both like celebrating. It was just so stupid, but so amazing. So, um, and then we ended up staying in Saturday night too and ordering sushi because we were just, you know, so chill from the day and relaxed and we didn't really want to like get dressed up and go anywhere. So Saturday was perfection. And then Sunday was also really amazing. Um, my friend Laura, who is the pastry chef who made our wedding cakes, she came over on Sunday like later, like around five. And Zach had been smoking ribs all day. And I made this really delicious um, herby potato salad with no mayonnaise because that grosses me the fuck out. I like mayonnaise, but not with like a potato salad. I don't know. I just can't. Um, and Laura brought over this amazing peach and blackberry cobbler with sweet cream biscuits on top instead of your traditional like oats, oh, like oat crumble. And we had such a lovely time. Laura stayed for several hours. We hung out UTP under the perg. We had honeymoon wine. We had a lot of wine. We had a lot of wine um, and had dinner and we all just, you know, chatted and it was great. It was fantastic. It was truly, like I said, last week was just so wonderful, so positive and uplifting in every way. The weekend was exactly what I needed. We were outside most of the time enjoying the backyard that Zach has worked so fucking hard to get to where it is. And it was just an absolute joy. So now let's talk about what I read and watched and listened to over the last week. So I mentioned that I was reading outside on Saturday and I finished the Seth Rogen memoir called Your Book. Just so fucking good. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I highly recommend it if you like him, if you like comedy, if you like memoirs. It's just 
oh, it's so, so good. And I enjoyed every single second of it. And it's a very quick read. I have moved on now and I'm reading a book that Zach has suggested I read multiple times and I finally took him up on it, which I know he's very excited about. And it's by this author. Her name is Megan Daum. And she, I think she wrote for like the LA Times for a really long time. She's a very prolific writer and she has a podcast and she has a couple of books. And the one that I'm reading is called Unspeakable. And it's a series of essays. Like it's essentially a memoir as well, um, but a series of essays. And Megan has strong opinions and she has been known to be controversial and not in a problematic way, more so like she's, she can see both sides of things and she can be very much a centrist and is willing to talk to anyone about anything. She's not going to, you know, really like staunchly take a side. And she has a very interesting point of view. And she's an incredibly talented writer. Like I am barely into this book. I'm maybe 20 pages in and I'm just already marveling at her ability to write And Zach really wanted me to read it because he knows how good her writing is. And he wants me to be inspired to start writing a book. Um, And I'm just kind of like, with how good this writing is, I don't know if if that's going to happen or if his plan's going to backfire. And I'm going to be even more terrified to start writing a book because I will never be at this woman's level with her prose. Um, But it's really, it's really good. And I'll, I'll, keep you updated some way or another as I go along reading it. As for what we're watching, we are still going with a diplomat. We have one. Did I mention that last time? Did I mention the diplomat? I think so. Um, We have one episode left. And I mean, it's very interesting. I've just never really seen anything like it. I think Carrie Russell does an amazing job. I think the dynamic between her and her husband is absolutely bizarre. And obviously they want to make it that way, but just so confusing and intriguing all at once. Um, And yeah, I I mean, we'll definitely be in for season two, which I'm pretty sure they've already gotten that signed off on and really enjoying that. We're also... (laughs) making our way through season seven of Queer Eye. (laughs) And I'm laughing because just last night, I posted a couple of stories about Deli Deli Dan and how fucking upset he made me. And so I guess I'll talk about that real quick here. So like so far this season has been pretty good. I mean, you know, like it's always going to be amazing TV when you are helping people with massive hearts who just need like a little nudge in the right direction. Oh, and to fully admit my unhealthy obsession with Queer Eye, I am now following Jenny from the episode before Deli Dan. Hold on, I need to look up her last name. But like, I was just so, oh, Jenny Seckle. Jenny Seckle. fucking following her on Instagram like she's like 2200 followers like this is not she's not trying to be followed on Instagram but her fucking profile is open and like it wasn't private so I was like yeah I'm gonna fucking follow this woman because 
I just really connected to her on some level. And she is like the perfect example of an incredible person who just was a little caught up in her own work and definitely caught up in her own negative self-talk and being her own worst enemy. And she just needed, you know, a new hair color and a nudge in the right direction from the Fab Five. And she has a fucking boyfriend, you guys. She's a boyfriend. And I don't know how long they've been together, but I feel like they've probably been together for a good amount of time. And her little sister is getting married and there's lots of celebrations going on. And I'm such a fucking stalker, but it's like, I just want to make sure she's okay. Like I was, I'm just rooting for her. And I just wanted to make sure that you know, she is still doing as amazing as she was when they left her on uh, on her episode. So she is, in case anyone was curious. Anyway, the Deli Dan episode was so fucking cringe. It was so hard to watch. And I do want to caveat this and say that I am well aware of what reality TV is and how it's edited and how producers manipulate the situation and manipulate the narrative. I I do understand all that. And honestly, it's the main reason why I don't watch reality shows. Like that is the main reason why I stay away from them because they're so fucking fake. Like it's, it's the most ironic thing in the whole world to, you know, label yourself as a reality show, but actually be fake as fuck and scripted but I watched the episode last night we watched the episode last night with Deli Dan and it was just so upsetting the fact that his girlfriend is a grown-ass woman with two grown-ass daughters and a boss and so kind and pretty and has her shit together and he was just the schmuck I'm just gonna go ahead and say it he's a fucking schmuck slob doesn't give a fuck I know that you can't harp on people for not I guess being who you want them to be and not emoting in the way that you want them to emote but like this guy literally didn't emote at all he had no reactions to anything when when whoever asked him if he wants to like get to know his girlfriend better he said sure and when Antony asked him if she's the one. He said, sure. Or actually, sorry, when when Antony, I think it was Antony, asked him, is she the one? He said, yeah. And then he was like, wow, you seem more excited about that than I do. I'm just like, she's not the one. He's like almost fucking 50. He, he is. Now, at this point, he is 50. He's 50 fucking years old. He was saying that he's never had a relationship get to the point where his was with his girlfriend um hello a thousand fucking red flags he doesn't take care of himself he wears fucking cargo shorts every day and like a backwards hat and uh, like doesn't know anything about his his long-term girlfriend like that game that they played about how well do you know Kara are you fucking kidding me he didn't have the answer to he didn't even know what sibling she's closest to he like Simple, simple things that you cover within like the first fucking month of dating someone like this guy was so checked out and he he is the problem like Peter Pan men like him are the problem. And so it 
it was just so frustrating that he was chosen and given this attention. And I'm just like, again, maybe he's a really great guy in person. But honestly, we don't watch reality TV shows to give these people the benefit of the doubt. That is not the point at all of indulging in shows like this. It's to take everything that you're seeing at face value and make judgments off of that and talk shit off of that because that's how people have fun with reality TV. And it was just, fuck. If I were him, I would be so embarrassed with that episode. But also, he probably doesn't feel that because he really didn't feel much. And I would be very interested to know if him and this woman are still together. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know what she sees in him or saw in him. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I would love to know if they're still together. I Like, I wonder if anyone can do some sleuthing and figure it out. But man, it's like every episode is usually so uplifting. And that one was just like shitty. Like, he doesn't fucking deserve to even get the attention of these five people. Like, what the fuck? So it was late when we finished watching that, but we did a palate cleanser and ended up watching the next one with Mary, which, oh my God, talk about redeeming. Like, oh, her story and that whole episode was so incredible. I won't spoil it for anyone, but it was just really good. So anyway... Those are my thoughts on the Deli Dan episode of Queer Eye, you guys. And Queer Eye and Diplomat are the two shows that we are watching right now. And we still need to watch Jury Duty. You know what? Maybe that'll be the next one. After we finish The Diplomat, maybe we'll use Jury Duty as um, an opportunity for a palate cleanser and to laugh. And I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Let's talk about this podcast. Okay, you guys, so I'm just going to be very straightforward and tell you everything that's going on in my mind because (laughs) my audience is not that big, which is one of the problems. And so I know if you're listening, you really fucking love this podcast and you love me. And I honestly cannot thank you enough for that. But it's really hard. Podcasting is hard when you are doing it on your own. And you have no help. Like when you're just a nobody like me, you know, producing quote unquote episodes, it's very difficult to come up with content every single week. It's equally as difficult to execute that content because it's very time consuming to plan for something like that. And this is not my job. I make zero dollars off of this podcast. Like I joke that The only sponsor is the Spotify for podcasters, but that's literally who hosts this podcast. And, you know, I've cleared some arbitrary level with them where they're like, oh, we'll offer you, you know, this wildly low dollar amount for every 1000 listens that you get. Well, I get like a thousand to like 1300 listens per episode. So I'm not making anything. And You know, I've just been, I said this on stories earlier in the week when I was kind of brain dumping, but I came out of the gate really strong this year with a lot of guest episodes and that was fucking awesome. And then I finally bought a second mic and figured out how to interview people in person. And so it's really amazing sound quality, but on top of my actual job, it's very hard to keep it up 
And, you know, I'm paying for an editor. Her name is Alyssa. She's absolutely amazing. She's not editing for the next couple of weeks because she is a fucking hard ass and she's in Paris covering the, the, what is it? The Paris Open, the tennis match there. She's such a baller. Um, and she's incredible and so professional and so fast and gets it and gets me. And it's been amazing working with her, but I'm paying her and I'm not making anything off the podcast, which is no one's fault. Like I wanted to delegate that, but that it kind of hit me this week that like that doesn't make a lot of financial sense for me. And I think the biggest epiphany is that with anything in life, like with anything work related in life, you have to have one of two things. You either have to have a very strong why and be very grounded in your why behind why you're doing what you're doing, or you need to be making a lot of money from it, like enough money to sustain and propel you forward and make it worth your while. Now, if you can have both things, if you can have a very grounded why and also be making money off of it, that is the dream. But you at least need one. And I guess I'm coming to realize that I don't really have either with this podcast. I think that having That's What He Said at its best is an opportunity for me to... um, share, you know, insights with you guys that hopefully stick with you and cool things to try and also the moments that I have you guys uh, sort of help out with the episodes and I crowdsource. That's an amazing opportunity to lean into my audience. And also at its best, it serves as an audio journal for me and my friends and my family to listen back on for years to come. And that's really, really special. But at its worst, it's kind of a time suck in which I just like to hear myself talk. You know, it would be a lot, I think, more fun if I had a co-host. I'm not sure if that's a possibility for me or reality for me, especially if I'm not, I don't have any money to offer. Like it would have to be someone who has the time in their hands, who, you know, is willing to record at the same exact time every single week and all of that. Um, It would also be easier if I had, you know, like a freaking producer who handed me like a content calendar for the month and said, this is what we're going to be covering each week. And I'm going to work on getting people lined up for you. But that's big time shit. That is, I mean, even saying it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like embarrassed to even say that because I, this is, this podcast is nothing. It's so small. And somewhere along the way, someone told me that um, it's an arbitrary number, but in order to even kind of be taken seriously and get like, sponsors for a podcast you need at least 3,000 listens per episode and I'm not there at all I, I and I don't think I I don't think that I probably ever could be and I don't I don't really think that has a lot to do with me per se maybe it does but I think it's more so like you also have to have the time to put in to get to that point and 
it always reminds me of, and I've said this before, whenever I, basically whenever I come to like a fork in the road like this in career, I always think about what Ron Swanson says. I almost said Ron Burgundy, but Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, how he says it's better to whole ass one thing than to half ass multiple things. And I do feel like I'm half-assing the podcast. I I just don't think that I have the bandwidth to make it more than it is without help. And I definitely don't have money to offer to pay for help. So I'm kind of in like a standstill at the moment. And it sucks because I really, I do like doing it. I really enjoy it. Um And I know that the people who are plugged in are plugged all the way in. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it if you are one of those people. But it's it's just hard. And I also want to say that as much as I'm a proponent for staying in your lane and keeping your blinders on and not looking around you and comparing yourself and all of that, the podcast arena is so fucking saturated I mean not I'm not telling you something that you don't already know everyone and their fucking mom has a podcast and a new podcast announcement is dropped every single day and it's like you know a new podcast is hot for a second and then it's not then another new podcast comes out I'm just kind of in a place where I'm trying to I'm trying to decide where my effort and talent is going to be best utilized you know I started this new version of my weekly newsletter the day that sorry not the daily digress oh my god the weekly digress and it's doing really well and I am making money from it not only that my why behind it is so grounded like it's so clear for me and the feeling that I get from being able to essentially write Anything I want and get paid for it has been my dream for fucking ever. Like to be a writer and not be, you know, turning in some essay or article or project for someone and something else and being able to truly write for yourself and make money off of doing that is the fucking dream. And, you know, bolstering my newsletter has helped me get much closer to that point and I guess I'm sitting here wondering what what can't my newsletter do that my podcast could and I'm coming up short because on Fridays I always send my free newsletter and in it I'm a bit repetitive if you listen to the podcast in that I talk about what I'm reading, watching, and listening to. Um, obviously, I, I don't go into as much detail because it's writing and I want to keep things, you know, in a more snackable uh, size. But, um, you know, I just, I'm just starting to think that I want to pour every single thing that I can into the letter and really grow that and have that be my thing. And sometimes when I have epiphanies like this, it's really funny because 
you know, I've always had the name Emma's thing for my blog and for my Instagram presence and all of that. And, you know, for a long time, people would always be like, oh, what's your thing? And I'd be like, everything, everything is my thing. But it's kind of funny that it really, you know, over the last however many years, it really has been sort of an exercise for me to figure out what is Emma's thing? What is it? <laughs> I've, I've tried all different avenues. And, you know, this was like the, what, third or fourth iteration of this podcast. And this has been the best one and the most sustainable one. I mean, I've almost been doing That's What He Said for a year and a half, which is incredible for me because I have not stuck with any of the other podcasts I've started <laughs> for that long. So like, clearly I've done something right this go around. But what's really interesting is that with Substack, you are able to do a podcast via Substack. And obviously it's not like the same um, platform and maybe like quality or like accessibility as, you know, Spotify and Apple and however you listen to podcasts. But the idea that I could maybe only do a pod, a quote unquote podcast episode every once in a while and make it a part of my letter on the paid side makes so much more sense for me um, monetarily and time-wise and effort-wise and content-wise. That just seems to really align with where I want to take my newsletter. So that is also something that I'm considering. And I guess like you really wouldn't even call it a podcast if it's attached to the weekly digress. It would basically be like an audio clip that I, you know, when the mood strikes, if there's like some story or something that I feel that I won't be able to relay as well in writing, I can record me talking and paid members can get that and have that. So I'm just thinking about everything right now. Um, And I don't, you know, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that hold people back from kind of evolving and moving forward is that, you know, you don't want to be seen as a quitter. But I don't necessarily think that it's quitting. And also, like, there can be positive, very positive connotations with the word quitting. I think it's more so just like I'm one person, you know, my reach isn't that vast. I don't have a team behind me helping make things happen. I mean, I wish I could. Like if anyone listening out there knows people who work (laughs) with very, very, very micro influencers like me, that would be tight. Um, But I just think as a creative that one of the most exciting things can be to figure out what the fuck you're really good at and what you should stick with. But you don't get there unless you experiment and you try out a bunch of different things. And so where I'm at right now in thinking about that's what he said in this podcast is, you know, I tried and it was really, really great and fun. 
I'm not sure if I want to continue to put the effort in because I'm not getting basically any ROI. Like there's pretty much no return on investment. Um, It's very, very hard to grow a listenership. I am not invited onto anyone else's podcast. So there's like no crossover. Um, I don't really get promoted at all. Um, You know, all the things that make something grow there, they don't happen for me, which like is fine. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not complaining about that. I think it's just, this is how it's always been for me. Like I'm a very siloed individual when it comes to my work. And in talking with some friends and like Zach about this, they all pointed out that they pretty much don't listen to solo podcasts. You know, the only real example that I can think of is Kate Kennedy and hers is a long form podcast with just her. She has guests every now and again, but that is her full time job. Like she is getting paid solely off, uh, not, maybe not solely, but the main bulk of her living is coming from her podcast because she has a listenership and she has the sponsors and she does the tours and it really, really took off for her. And so that is her job. So it's different. Like she spends the entire week recording and gathering all of this information because that is what she's getting paid to do. Um, But to keep something like this as just a hobby when you're not making substantial money off of it and you're not even really sure why you're doing it, I just, that's just where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And, you know, I, I started talking about this on the podcast Instagram page this week. And of course, I got some messages from people who are like, no, 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 please. I love it so much. And I get that. I do. It's just like, it's so funny because there have been a couple of podcasts that I have been so fucking obsessed with that went away. And one of them, she never gave an explanation. It was a basically a solo podcast. Um, and it was my favorite thing in the entire universe. And now she does another podcast with two other people uh, full time. And so I'm sure she also came to a point where she was like, I can either take this business opportunity to have two co-hosts and have this way bigger show, or I can... I mean, I can stretch myself thin and keep doing my solo one too, but it's probably smarter for me just to do this co-hosted one. Um, And I get that now. I totally, I mean, I'm still really sad that it went away and I think it's like the funniest thing ever. It was called Special Guest with Lauren Lapkus and she's like my favorite female comedian. She's so fucking funny. Um, And I'm like still harboring upset that she took that away from me, but I get it. Um, and then Caleb Huron and Shelby Wolstein, they had their Keeping Records podcast that I found so much comfort in. I was so obsessed with it for, uh, for like a year. And Caleb left, so that was a hit. And then they brought on a new co-host, and that only lasted a few episodes. And and then that was it. They just called it. They pulled the plug. Um, and I get it. I get it. I really, really do. So anyway... I feel like I've been repetitive and I'm just, it's so funny because I'm sitting here talking and just like 
staring off into the distance at the trees outside and like the squirrels running around. When you hear that sound, by the way, that's my uh, work email going off. And just in case anyone needed to know, I just got an email about, I got an email from LTK that there's been a price drop alert on something that I tagged. Oh, on my hokas. Oh my God. Speaking of hokas, let's end on a happy note. Hoka ones are the shoe that I wear for walking and running. They are absolutely incredible. I, I've been wearing the Clifton 8 for a couple of years now, and I've gone through two pairs. And it was time for me to get a new pair because the tread on the ones I have is completely gone, like totally worn down. I've had them for nine months. And I realized that they have upgraded the Clifton 8 to a Clifton 9. And so I got the Clifton 9 and they come in way more fun colors. Like I, I'm very, I was very happy to see it because I was getting real fucking tired of the Clifton 8 colors. The Clifton 9 comes in some really awesome colors. And I got this incredible combination that's like white, a little bit of yellow, like with a pink, hot pink sole and like purple detail. It's, they're amazing. And they are light as air and they fit really well. So anyway, my point is, is I guess stay tuned Thank you for letting me get all this out in this episode and talk it out. Obviously, I'm always open to hearing your thoughts. So if you listen to this and you want to DM me on the That's What E Said Instagram page, that would be amazing. Um, You can also always email me at TWES at emmasthing.com. And we'll just see. We'll just see. I'm obviously going to keep an open dialogue with you guys and let you know what to expect or what not to expect. And... Again, I know I've said it a couple of times, but if you're listening, I just can't thank you enough because regardless of whether I keep going with this podcast or I don't, having your listenership has gotten us this far. So thank you so much and I will see you online. Bye. Bye.